Well, good morning. Good morning. Hey, we're going to switch it up a little bit today, just to let you know. Um, it's 2020, so why would everything be normal? And so we thought we'd switch it up. And um, so we're going to have, I'm going to share at the very beginning uh, today, and then we're going to have some contemplative worship at the end. So I'll get into that a little bit more um, as we start. 2020. The reason why the church, doesn't the church smell good this morning? It's kind of like a combination of like waffles and popcorn, right? Kind of cookies. You smell the sweetness. That's because today's second service is Thanksgiving feast for our children's program. And so Marcy's been in there making waffles and popcorn and all that stuff for the kids. And this year it's going to be different because they normally went through stations and did it, but this year they're going to get their own plate. So we're still going to, we're still going to give them an opportunity to give thanks, even in the midst of everything that's going on. So that's why it smells so good. So I think we should just have her do that every week. <laughs> Since she's our little ray of sun, little ray of what? Little ray of sunshine? Was that, was that the phrase? Okay. All right. That might stick. I don't know. Hey, anybody have their Christmas tree set up in their house currently right now? So we have one, <laughs> serious, okay, in here, okay, anybody else? Hey, if you're online and you have your Christmas tree set up, send me a picture, I want to see it. And I have my phone up here this morning, so 206-941-0959, if you're watching from home and you have your Christmas tree set up, I want to see it. Anybody um, see the Rockefeller Christmas tree this week? Raise your hand if you've seen it. So I, okay, so many of you have, so I'm going to tell you the story. So it's a 70-year-old spruce, and they show the original picture. This thing's gorgeous, huge, huge. But it is 2020. So did anybody see the unveiling? Hilarious. I just have to say. And we've had some technical difficulties here this week at the church, and so I would love to have shown you the video. You're just going to have to pull out your phone and watch it yourself. Um, but what happened was, you know, they transport those trees. They wrap them up. And so they'll transport, and then they had all these people on the crane um, raise the thing up, and they get it in place, and then they cut the, the bundle to, so the thing will just drop open, and just drop open perfectly and beautifully. It didn't do that. <laughs> so as you're looking at the tree, about a third of the way up on the left side, the branches just all fell off. And then the branches on the bottom right side actually open up the way they're supposed to. But then the top of the tree just kind of stayed twisted and a little tweaked. And a few branches fell. It looked kind of like a Charlie Brown tree. It was crazy. And so I was driving into work and I heard it on the, someone was talking about it on the radio. So I looked it up and then, and then once you start getting on online, you start seeing all the memes that are popping up. And so I just wrote down some of the memes of the Rockefeller Christmas tree. Oh, what? A small owl. See, I, wow. Maybe, maybe it's the owl's fault. But here's some of the memes that showed up. 2020 on brand. I like that one. Well done, 2020. And then the Charlie Brown tree. And then the one that made me laugh out loud was, we applaud you, 2020. You know, this tree opens up, and, uh, and there it was. Oh, hang on for a second. 
Uh, here, there it is. My mom just sent me a picture of their Christmas tree. So, so well done, mom. Okay, it looks way better than the Rockefeller tree. Way better. All right. So it has been a unique year, and it's been full of challenges and struggles. Um, but as Nicole was saying, this is the month that we set aside, or actually our country sets aside a day, but we've said at our here at our churches, we want to set aside the month of November and really be thankful to God for all that he's done for us. Even in the midst of lockdowns, even in the midst of quarantines, even in the midst of all this, that God is still faithful. I hope you can be able to sit here and truly say, God, you have been faithful to me. And I know many of us sitting here, that is sometimes really hard to say. But in the midst of everything that's gone on, um, my prayer is that we can really say that, God, you have been faithful to me. In the midst of my struggles this week, for me personally this week, this month, this year, God, you have been so faithful to me. It's really important for us people to remember all that God's been doing for us. And so we're spending the month to celebrate, and we're giving thanks in the Psalms, an amazing collection of prayer and praise songs, um, heartfelt, real, honest moments with God. And so today we're actually going to be in Psalm 95. So I want you to turn to Psalm 95 with me. And if you don't have a Bible, we have Bibles in the back. I really, you're going to need Bibles today because we're going to chew through this Psalm. And we're going to look um, in Exodus a little bit today as well. So Psalm 95, page 514 in the church Bible, page 514. Honest and real moments with God. I hope you're having honest and real moments with God, church. And that you're not just going through the motions with him, but that you're just, you're being honest. And so you're sharing your struggles, you're sharing your hurts, but you're also, you're sharing your joys and your victories and you're walking with him. Hey, on a side note, we love our kids here at this church. And um, as much as we're struggling, you can imagine for us as adults, our kids' worlds are upside down. Um, especially kids that are in school. And I saw this week a young 13-year-old young boy got frustrated because he couldn't quite understand what was going on with his online school. And at 13 years old, he took his own life. So our kids are really struggling right now. And so... We're honored. I just want you to know, we're honored to have the Segura kids with us this morning. And um, will they be a little distracting? Good. Watch the joy and watch the fun, because I want to be like that. Okay? So if you hear cars, if you hear broken color crayons, and then hear crying, <laughs> um, it's okay. We're good. We're totally good. So mom and, mom and dad, feel, feel free. All right, Psalm 95. Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. I want to stop there because there's five things in the first two verses of Psalm 95 that we are, I say, commanded to do. So the writer of this psalm, we don't know for sure who the writer of this psalm is. Many people attribute it to David, but there's no author. But there's five things, and here are the five things. We're supposed to come together. We're supposed to sing with joy, right? 
We're supposed to shout. Once in a while we shout here. We're not really a shouting church, but there's times like, Dick Carroll, you got to calm down a little bit and not shout so much. Okay. All right. We come before him and we give him thanks. Fitting that that's in there this week, right? And we extol him. That means we praise him excitedly with enthusiasm. We praise him enthusiastically with music and song. Well, it's interesting that this is our psalm today. Um, and I'll just tell you a little bit about my week. I'm wearing a jacket with pockets, so I'm going to take advantage of them today. Um, this has been a unique week um, for the church. And um, last Sunday at 11 o'clock, our governor had a press conference, and he came up with some new mandates for Washington State um, with the new lockdown uh, orders and, um, and a few things to add to the church. And so I got a few emails this week in regards to, hey, are we even, can we meet this Sunday with a new capacity? Well, the capacity didn't change. So we have 20, we can use 25% of our building in this room. And so that's where we're at. And that's why we have so many chairs taken out and things moving around and spaces and gaps and stuff like that. The newest mandate really was encouraging, again, we really need to wear face masks as much as we can, if you, if you can. Um, but the new mandate this week came down was no singing, no congregational singing. And um, you can have a soloist on stage and an accompaniment, but no congregational singing. And so um, I just want to tell you, I really wrestled with that this week. Because um, I'm not a singer, but I'm a worshiper. And there's, yeah, and so I really struggled with this this week. Um, and my rebel heart, honestly, was like, I'm going to stick it to the man. We're just going to, we're going to do whatever we want to do. You can't tell me what to do. And then I looked in the mirror and saw a two-year-old, right? <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I made a whole list. I'm just, I'm just, we're not singing, we're worshiping. All right, which is, a, a, that's a whole nother topic, and we probably should do something on worship sometime, because when I mention the word worship, what do we think of? We think of song. We think of, oh, worship is our time, the first 15 minutes of church. But worship is everything we do unto him, everything. Can I be with my buddies, and we're having fun and laughing? A few weeks ago, a few of us were out here in the foyer. It was late in the evening. I was with Pastor Alex, and we were worshiping together, playing ping pong. Because it was, we were there together for the fellowship and to celebrate what God is doing in us. And we were playing ping pong and laughing our heads off and being a little competitive. <laughs> it was good to see Alex. Alex was totally into it. I had to talk him into playing, and then we couldn't get him out of here. It was just really fun. And I was going to go home, but I was like, this is too fun. This is too fun. So we stayed till, oh, wow, it was like 945-ish. Um, and just had a great time. And it's worship. Everything we do unto him. I can go home and rake my leaves today and say, Jesus, I'm doing this for you because I just admire your creation. And I adore everything that you're doing. That's worship. It's not just music. We've said it's music, but it's not. So 
No congregational singing. Okay, we're not going to do that. We're going to worship. You know, Christianity is a proclaiming faith. The Bible says that we believe in our hearts and we say with our mouths that Jesus is Lord. So we are a proclaiming faith. This book is a proclamation from God to us. And it describes who he is and announces to us who he is. And we're supposed to know this and we're supposed to teach it to our kids. And so they know and so they can proclaim it. So I'm telling you all my excuses. What about my rights? Anybody ever say that? I don't say that very often, but I said it this week. What about our rights? And I had a great email from a friend who laid it out beautifully about how our government's set up and what the Bible says in Romans 13 about how we're supposed to obey our leaders. And yes, 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 but the United States is set up a little differently um, because leaders come and go, but we have a constitution and a bill of rights that says you cannot come against, you know. So we can, we, we can make our case. We could totally make our case for like, we don't care what's said out there. Inside here, we're going to worship God. We're going to sing. And I totally agree with that. And at the same time, I really felt God was saying, do you trust me? You trust that I'm sovereign, meaning I am in charge of all of this. And it's sometimes hard to get our heads around that even in our hard times, that God is allow either allowing those hard times or he set those hard times up. I don't know theologically where you want to go there. But the word sovereignty just means, God, you're in charge. You know everything that's going on, and you are in control of it. And so what I believe, church, is that right now, that God is sovereign. I believe it yesterday he was sovereign. I believe tomorrow he'll be sovereign. But that he is sovereign over our situation right now. And I want us to take a look at, all right, so God, in your sovereignty, you place these leaders over us. You've, and you've asked us to do the best we can, right? But I think this is an opportunity for us as a church, as the church, corporately, across. You know, we have churches just miles from us. We have a church that meets in here on Saturday nights. This is a chance for us as the church to take a look at what we're doing and why we're doing it. Are we just singing? Maybe for some it is just singing. I know some that come late because they don't like to sing. But it's more than that, right? It's more than that. And I totally believe in the sovereignty of God because a few months ago is when I laid out the sermon series for what the end of the year would look like. And we did Foursquare, spent five weeks on there, on that. And we're going to spend the first four weeks of November giving thanks in the Psalms. And we came up with Psalm 13 and... You know, then Bakhtiar did a great job. Didn't he do a great job last week on Psalm 100? Um, and then this week, Psalm 95. And then next week, we're going to do Advent. And we're going to talk about hope. And we're going to do that for four weeks in December. And so I was laying that all out like two months ago. And I'm looking at Psalms that have Thanksgiving and all that stuff. I'm like, oh, Psalm 95, you know. And so if you would ask me Tuesday when I was really struggling with this, question. I was like, what are we going to do on Sunday morning? Because we're not supposed to have drums. We're not supposed to have electric guitars or bass or piano. 
We're supposed to have just this. What are we going to do this Sunday morning? And a lot of people were asking me. A lot of people were asking me. And I was kind of feeling like backed up to the Red Sea a little bit. And um, I just remember God just said, I'm, I know what's going on. And so if you ask me Tuesday, hey, tell me, give me a headline of Psalm 95. Give me a headline of Psalm 95. I couldn't have told you a single word out of it. Because I looked at this two months ago. And my life really is day-to-day at this point. And I try to plan a little bit. And, um, and then when I do plan stuff, it gets canceled and delayed anyway. So, right? You know. um, so, I open up my Bible Tuesday. And I said, okay, God, what does Psalm 95 say? Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. <laughs> so our mandate is, hey, no congregational singing. And then Psalm 95, come and sing for joy to the Lord. Make music. Extol him. Praise him enthusiastically. Wow. And I just felt that God really answered my prayer. And so this morning, like I said, we're going to switch it up a little bit. We are going to worship at the end. And we're going to stick with some of the mandates, some of the mandates that keep it low numbers on stage. Um, And then I'm not going to put up words for you today. I'm just going to worship. And if you sing, you sing. That's on you. Um, (laughs) We'll have the cameras just focused on my face, like right here. <laughs> That'd be the quickest get off the internet thing ever. Um, and then, um, yeah, so none of you will be indicted um, if you're singing. But if you put your mask on, you can just say you're chewing gum. Okay. So I really struggled with this at first when I heard that, hey, no congregational singing, but honestly, again, I thought we would be shut down. If you would have asked me last week, right after second service, when I started getting text messages already, um, with, and it was great. And I love that, by the way, when you guys do that. So don't feel like I'm dissing on you. Because um, I want to be informed as well. And so, um, not that informed, but okay. I'm just kidding. Um, so I was really surprised that, hey, oh, we can still gather. So I want to give thanks to God for that. Right? I mean, I could go to the negative right away. Wait a minute. We can't sing? And totally skip over the fact that we can be together. For those who feel comfortable being outside right now, we can still be together. And so that's part of it for me. Is I want to remember, even in the hard times, to look at those things and give thanks. Give thanks, even in the hard times. Because we are people who forget. I'm going to say we. We are people who forget. And we have the opportunity to worship God in a new way. Like I said, we have an opportunity to redefine what church looks like. You know, if you read Corinthians and you look at how Paul said, hey, when you guys come together, this is kind of what it looks like. If you read Corinthians 14... It doesn't look anything like what we do in America. And I have people who 
are from outside of America in my life and people who are from America who've traveled a lot and come back and they just say, I just don't like the way America does church because it's really consumer driven. It's really, I show up and I smile and say hi. Now I can't even tell if you're smiling because of these. And you sit down and you sing. And then sometimes you just sit down after that and then you listen for half an hour, 40 minutes, if you're lucky. <laughs> and then you wave and you go home. That's like going to a movie. That's like going to a show. And so 1 Corinthians 14 says, hey, when we come together, we all have something to give and something to offer. You know, we sing songs and we sing hymns and spiritual songs and we encourage one another. We exhort one another to do right. We challenge one another. And gifts, the gifts of the Holy Spirit show up when we meet. And sometimes that happens on Sunday mornings. It happens on Thursday nights, prayer and worship night, because we show up and say for an hour and a half, we do not have a list like this. We have some songs on a page, and that is it. And we just trust that the Holy Spirit is going to speak and move uh, in the room. We have an opportunity to kind of look at church again, a great opportunity to seek him and practice some other spiritual disciplines. And so for the next, like, you know, the mandate is for four weeks. No congregational singing for four weeks. We're going to still worship here. I just want you to know, we're still going to worship here and provide a time where you can sing. But I also want this to be an opportunity for us to practice some other spiritual disciplines that maybe that some of us do not practice outside of Sunday morning. And so then if we don't do them here, then you don't do them out there. And so some of those things, like next week, I think I want to give you some postcards. And during some worship time, some quiet contemplative time, we're going to have you fill out some little greeting cards um, to girls in Zambia. And we're trying and encouraging them to stay in school. And so we're going to do that during in our time. And maybe, you know, we write letters to first responders, just encouraging them. How cool would it be if we made a stack of 60 or 70 postcard type things and I dropped them off at District 40, Fire Station 17, right down the street, who were here this week, by the way. And they're awesome people. And we walk in and just give them encouraging cards from, from our church. Wouldn't that be cool? So some of the spiritual disciplines that we can practice over the next four weeks are corporate prayer. That we can actually come together and we can pray together. What? You don't have to have a microphone to pray. You don't have to be gifted to speak out loud. And like, I don't even know what I would do to pray out loud. Good. It'd be more real probably. And you just share your heart. Have you ever heard a kid pray? I love it. I love it when kids pray. I love it when youth pray because they're just sharing their heart. And it's not all flowery and pretty and, you know, sometimes they don't even know how to end. Not long ago, we had one of the kids pray. Um, and then we just had that 30, almost 30 seconds of awkward silence at the end. And then I think one of the youth leaders said, amen, we're moving on. And it was awesome. 
but what was shared was from the heart, and it was so good. So corporate prayer, some re- how about repentance? Some time where we can just be quiet be- before God and just say, man, God, I've messed up this week. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. We met- how about meditation, journaling, solitude, confession, contemplation, self-examination, silence. Oh, how do you like to sit in silence for a while? Awkward. But a woman who has three kids, <laughs> sign me up. Right? Yes. Gratitude, where we come before him and we are just thankful. And we look at a list. Our prayer time the other morning was, um, our prayer time the other morning, well, hey, um, he, he, he wants to play. He's, they're musicians, I'm telling you. Um, the other morning in our prayer time, we were just really thankful. And we started praying for those who had come before us and mentored us in the faith. And it was really cool. And I haven't thought about or even prayed for some of those people that, you know, led me to Jesus and walked with me for all those years that where I grew up, and, and now they're all over the country, and some of them are gone. Um, they're in heaven. And I was just, wow, what? I just left feeling so encouraged, like, wow. But would I have even gone there if it wasn't for God saying, put the brakes on, I want to redefine church a little bit. I want to de- redefine what it looks like to be the body of Christ. And when you gather on Sunday mornings, now, if the governor came out and said right now, hey, we're going to open everything right back up, would we just slide right back into it? Yeah, we probably would. But we have four weeks to maybe not slide back into it. And I just want, and I don't have an answer for you, honestly. I trust that God is going to lead us through this time. And that he's going to walk with us and he's going to lead us. And I trust that his Holy Spirit is going to be with every single one of us and that we all because he lives inside of us that when we gather together, he's going to move because we're together. Amen? Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. We come before him. We sing, we shout, we gather together, we praise him enthusiastically because he is our source of joy. If you are lacking joy in your life, and, and we're just getting ready. To, <laughs> a lot of people I've talked to, the reason why they set up their Christmas trees, because they're just like, we're just ready. I need something that will bring me joy and will get me past the current place where I'm at right now. You guys realize that as Christians, it's Christmas every single day. It is. If you need to wear the light necklace every single day, then do it. You know, the one that like blinks, you know. <laughs> Their dollar store has them. You know, if that's what we have to do. But we have the joy of the Lord every single day as believers. And so we come before him with joy. We come before him because he is the only one who can rescue us. He's the only one who can save us. And he is that solid rock. You know, he's that. I just recently went to Canada Beach and you see Haystack Rock. And like, nothing's moving that thing. And that's, that's a picture I'm not saying God is Haystack Rock. But nothing is moving that. That's, that's what the 
what, God, you are my rock. There's nothing that is going to move you. Nothing that is happening on earth that's going to move you so I can hold on to you. I can be anchored in you. You are the rock of my salvation. So I'm going to come before you and I'm going to give you thanks. And I'm going to praise you. Verse 3, for the Lord is the great God, the great king above all gods. In his hands are the depths of the earth and the mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is his and he made it, for he made it. And his hands formed the dry land. And sometimes I read, so I have the, uh, the newest translation of the NIV Bible. But my other NIV Bible is still NIV, but it's different than this NIV and I've read some of these so long, I just start transposing in my, or translating in my own brain. And so that's why I was like, see, on dry ground. Why do we praise him? Because he is almighty. And I don't know, I mean, the Bible is full of science, by the way. A lot of people think the Bible is against science. The Bible is full of science. And God has made everything. And that's what the psalmist is saying. Hey, we have to remember that in the midst of everything that's going on, that God made everything to the detail. Some of you guys in here are not detailed people, and that's awesome. How do you do that? <laughs> Sometimes being a detailed person is a curse, right? But then all, it's, but it's both ways. Sometimes if you're not a detailed person, that could be, you know, God is detailed. He has made everything. And that's what's so powerful about this verse. I want to read it again. Verse 3. For the Lord is the great God, the great King. Why do we worship? Why do we come in here and we sing songs about his greatness and that he's mighty? Because what's happened is we're reminding one another and reminding ourselves who our God is. Does God need to be reminded of his greatness? No, he's God. We need to be reminded of his greatness. We need to be reminded of his goodness. We need to be reminded that he is almighty and that he's made everything. He is the king above all gods, little g, gods. And we have plenty of them. In his hands are the depths of the earth and the mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is his for he made it and his hands formed the dry ground. So what should our response be when we see the mightiness of God and how amazing he is? It should humble us. And in verse 6, the writer, it does humble him. He says, come, let us bow down in worship. That means just not acknowledge, but that means like, whew, I'm going to get on my knees and I'm going to worship because I cannot stand in his presence. Come, let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God. And we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. I love that. I love it that he is our God. And I love it that we are his people. If you struggle with your identity, you need to be in his word. Because his word tells you who you are. You're his. You're absolutely his. And 
He is yours. I love that too. So what happens when we when we're not in this book? What happens when we kind of disengage and we we're we're maybe just singing and we're not worshiping? What happens? It's a bad place. What happens when we do that? What happens when we are plugged in? We're like, we're really plugged in and we worship him and we are in his presence and you just know it. I mean, here's a little plug again. Plug number two. Prayer and worship nights here at the church, people. If you're feeling a little disconnected, if you're feeling a little dry, you need to show up. Because you, you won't leave the same. They're amazing. Every single time. Every single time. They're amazing. Because what happens in his presence is, I just tell you what happens to me. Like, I just get assurance again. I feel his peace. I feel his comfort. I feel cared for. I gain a little bit of his perspective on what's going on. Even in the hardness of what's happening. The difficulty and the challenges of what happened. I remember just... It's been a couple of years, and we kind of faced it this week again with Cleo. But um, when Cleo was really sick and in the hospital a couple of years ago, and I think I've shared this before, but I'm sharing it again. Uh, my friend was here from Southern California. He's the Foursquare missionary and, uh, to Native Americans, and it's, he's just awesome. Yasir and his wife, Monique, they're amazing people. They are Foursquare missionaries to the Native American people in the United States. And... Uh, he was going to be here. Cleo was in Harborview. She'd been there for three or four days already. And I just wanted, I needed to come and just make an appearance. And I was just going to show up and I just wanted to say hi. And I got here a little bit late. And Ben was up here leading worship with just his guitar. So even back then we were legal. Um, and uh, he was singing a brand new song that he had just learned. And it was a song, Build My Life. Um, God, I'm going to build my life on you. And, uh, and I just walked in. I saw everybody, said hi cordially and held it together. And I was like, thought I was doing all right. I was struggling on the inside, but thought I was doing all right. And when Ben started leading that song and just singing, Jesus worthy, you're worthy of our, our praise. Um, and I just remember I was standing back there and I lost it. And I was weeping back there by myself. And what I experienced was Man, even in the struggle of right now, and I don't know what tomorrow is going to look like. I don't even know what my next couple hours are going to look like. But I felt assurance in that moment. And I felt God say, I'm with you. It's hard. I, I get it. But I'm with you. And, no, and this, is, I, this is literally what I really felt that he said to me. No matter what happens, I'm with you. And no matter what happens, I'm with you. That's what happens to me, and I hope to all of us, that when we spend time in his presence, when we acknowledge him and we worship him with a true heart, we're not just singing songs, but we come, to, come before him and we worship him and we bow down before him and say, God, you are God. You are almighty. You are everything. You are my rock. You are the one who's rescued me. But when we don't do that, when we 
go on the other side of it and we're not plugged into him, crazy things happen, right? Our minds just go to really bad places. I wrote in my notes, cray-cray shows up. <laughs> and then I was reminded today that that's out of date. Now it's just cray. Cray shows up. That means crazy. So our, my mind goes to, our minds and my mind goes to crazy places. Our minds go off the rails. Bakhtiar said last week when he was sharing that I start getting these fantasies. Now a lot of times we think of fantasies as, oh, these are nice. But that's, we're not talking about nice fantasies. Basically, we're talking about nightmares. That our minds just go to these really negative, scary, weird places because we're not going there with God. We're just kind of wandering and going out on our own. And we're supposed to be connected with Him. We're supposed to come before Him and be with Him. Really crazy things can happen. Our hearts grow cold, we become a little distant, and even our hearts become hard. Kind of sounds familiar, like when we read the Old Testament. You know, and <laughs> I don't know about if it's you, but there's times where I read the Old Testament, especially like the stories of the Israelites um, coming out of Egypt, 400 years of slavery, and God sends Moses, and, and they see all the plagues and they see the experience, the Passover, and they leave and they leave blessed. They have all this stuff that they come out of and they're in the desert and they see all these things happening and they easily forget of the greatness of God and all that he's done for them up until that point. And it's easy for me to say, man, Israel, get it together. God is good and God is faithful. It's easier for me to say because I was complaining this week that my internet was slow. <laughs> you know, I think if they looked at us, I mean, I look at them and shake my head. I don't even know what they'd do if they looked at us and see the things that we complain about. At least, I'll just say those of us in the room and watching, we're spoiled people. But we forget so easily of all the things that God has done for us. And we can look. And I just want you to turn back to Exodus chapter 14. This is God has rescued Israel out of 400 years of slavery and brought them out. And now they've come to the Red Sea and they're getting ready. They're camping. They're hanging out. And they look and see Egypt's army coming after them. Now, remember, they just saw... All these plagues happen and the miracles of God. They just saw all the firstborn of Egypt die. And God had come and said, hey, if you do this, if you put the blood of the lamb on your doorposts, then I will pass over your house and your household will be protected. And then you're going to go. We're going we're to go. We're going to rescue you. And verse 10, so this is kind of picking up on you know, right before they're going to cross the sea. As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, and there were Egyptians. There were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, what? Poor Moses. I mean, he just got hammered. The guy couldn't win. They said to Moses, was it because there were no, no graves in Egypt that you have brought us out to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone 
Let us serve the Egyptians. They're basically saying, we'd rather be slaves than be right here where we're at right now. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. And Moses answered the people. Now listen, church, this is really important because I believe this is a word for us today. Do not be afraid. Stand firm. And we will see the deliverance of the Lord will bring to you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Man, when I read that this week, when I was just reminded, like, we're going to get into Psalm 95, and it mentions the Israelites, and they don't harden your hearts like them. Don't forget the things that God has done for you. Because when you start to forget, when your heart becomes hard, you never go to a good place mentally. You never go to a good place spiritually. Do not forget the goodness and faithfulness of God. And I love the response that Moses tells, tells them. Hey, the Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. And what I pray is what we see today, the enemies that we fight today, the enemies that you fight in your life today, that you will never see again in Jesus' name. And your responsibility is to be still. In this case, they're not asked to go fight. They're supposed to just watch God fight for them. And there's some songs right now that talk about God fighting our battles. That God, I'm going to worship you. And as I worship you, you fight my battles. There's a song that says, this is, this, so you want to know how I fight? How I fight my battles? I fight my battles by worshiping God, and then he fights for me. There's a new song. I guess it's getting a little bit old. It's about a year old. Our responsibility is to be still and watch God fight our battles. Our responsibility is to come before him with thanksgiving and worship him. Not just sing nice songs, but worship him. Make it, it's deeper. Worship comes from the depths of our hearts. All right, back to Psalm 95. And the Israelites saw amazing things. They saw God do incredible things, and they often would forget. But this is a human condition. We all struggle with forgetting the goodness of God. We all do. We see it. We experience it. And then days later, moments later, we forget, and we even complain. I want to pick it up on verse 6, and then I want to roll into, you know, the Psalms, the ones that we've studied so far, always started in a negative place and ended in a really positive place. You guys noticed that recently. And a lot of Psalms are that way. This Psalm, kind of the opposite. Starts off in a really good place and then goes to a warning and then ends as kind of a, a warning. And almost a negative. We can take it as a negative. I take it as a positive. Because I do take it as God, God loves us so much that he wants us to get it. And he wants us to know. He wants us to live like this. And the way we're supposed to live, verse 6. Come let us bow down and worship. Man, we're feeling empty. We're feeling lost. We're feeling alone. We're feeling isolated. Come and worship the Lord. Bow down and worship. 
Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture, the flock under His care. Today, if only you would hear His voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in Meribah, as you did that day in Massa in the wilderness, where your ancestors tested me. This is God speaking. Where your ancestors tested me, and they tried me, though they had seen what I had did. For 40 years, I was angry with that generation. I said, they are people whose hearts go astray, and they have not known my ways. So I declared an oath in my anger. They shall never enter my rest. Man, when I first read that, I was like, ooh, let's just do the first part of Psalm 95. Let's just do come together and worship and have fun and enthusiastically praise with just a vocalist and a guitar. We can do all that. But there are things in the Word that it's important for us to look at. And not just, I don't want to be a plucker. You guys know what a plucker is? I don't want to just like pluck the verses that I like and the verses that make me feel good. Because this whole book is his word to us, not just the ones that make me feel good. And I believe this is a, this is a reminder to us right now. I believe in God's sovereignty. And that for those of us that are struggling with new mandates and lockdowns, that our God is sovereign and he's with us in the midst of it. And we need to remember and give him thanks. And maybe for some of us, we have to look a couple years back. I hope not. I hope you can look to this week and say, man, God, this week I can see your faithfulness. I've personally had a rough week. But I can look back now and say, man, God, you're faithful. You're faithful to me. You're faithful to us. And I don't want to be one who hardens my heart. I don't want to have, as Dion would have said in that song, I don't want to be a wanderer. I don't want to have, I love that song. It's a great song. It has a great tune. But I don't want to have a wandering heart that just is looking for my hope and joy. Sorry, James, as I'm moving around. You know, I'm looking over here, hoping I can find it. And it might, for a moment... And then it's gone, and I keep grabbing for it, and it's not there. Because our hope isn't it's supposed to be in anything else except for the rock of our salvation, Jesus. The children of Israel had seen God do so many things. And then just three chapters after what we just read, when right after God said, Hey, all you need to do is to be still and then just watch. And the sea opened up, and they went across the Red Sea on dry ground. And they got to the other side. The Egyptians were about halfway in. And then God says, all right, perfect. God destroyed them. He destroyed the enemies. They had just experienced that. I mean, they just saw that. And then they get to their next camp. And they realize, oh, wait, there's no water here. And they get frustrated again. They start complaining again. 
And, Mo, and, and Moses said, God, what am I supposed to do with these people? I mean, Exodus 17, Moses says, God, what am I supposed to do with these people? God, I'm following you, and you're leading me, and you're leading us, and we see your faithfulness. And we go through just a moment of trial, and then we just lose it. We completely forget all that you've done for us. And it's easy to look in the Word and just like fold our hands and shake our hands like, man, come on, people. Well, today, go home today. When you do, not yet, don't go home yet. Stay on the line, please. But sometime today, go up to your mirror and fold your hands, arms, and look in the mirror at yourself and just shake your head like, come on, people. Remember his goodness. Give him thanks. Worship him. And he will give you peace, comfort. He'll remind you that you're his, that he cares for you. Don't harden your heart. Don't go to that place where, man, you just get angry. Because you've stopped relying on him. It's so easy to do. I'll tell you, it's so easy to do. Like I said, I was complaining about my internet this week. Yesterday, I'm sitting there at home, and we can log into our computers at home. We can log into the church, and, and mine had this really crazy lag, like almost a minute-long lag. So, you know, you type something up, and nothing's there. And so you just have to wait. And about a minute later, it just all pops up, and you're like, oh, typo. And then you go to backspace, and then nothing happens. And you wait another minute, and it backspaced the whole line you just did. And then you have to hit refresh and restore, and it restored too much. And at one point yesterday, I yelled out loud, come on! <laughs> and Cleo was sitting in the other room, and she goes, hey, who are you talking to? <laughs> and I was like, my computer just brought a reality, like, what am I doing? right? Because I forget. We forget. It is a human condition. But we got to remember the faithfulness of God. And that's the warning in Psalm 95. And when God, this is God saying, do not harden your hearts. In Meribah and Massa, and Meribah means quarreling. They were like fighting with one another. Do we see that in the church today? Yeah, there's like fighting going on over all kinds of issues. Should we be open? Should we not be open? Should we be doing this? Should we be doing that? Should we? Yeah, there's fighting going on. There's quarreling. We're in a Manasseh time right now. And then, the, or Meribah. Massa means testing. Now, we are testing God. I'll just tell you that God aces every test. Don't test God. And so that's why that place was named those things. It's a place of quarreling. And it's a place of testing. Don't go there. Man, us as a church, let's not go there to a place of where we're testing God. Let's not go to a place of quarreling and fighting. Do not harden your hearts. Let's not test God. Let's not try him. Man, God says of this about that generation. He said, they are a people whose hearts 
go astray. Ooh. Man, church, I would pray that that would never, ever be said about any of us. That our hearts would go astray from God. We have to be connected to him. It, it's a must. Because craziness shows up. Fantasies show up. Nightmares show up. And he says, they have not known my ways. And so because their hearts have gone astray and because they don't know my ways, because they're fighters, they quarrel with me and they try me, God said, my, my anger, I hold it against them. And the last line of this psalm says, they shall never enter my rest. Man, I don't, I don't want to go there. I want as much rest. And it's not rest like, oh, I get to take a nap today? Oh, I hope so. That'd be great. It's not that type of rest. It's a rest that says, I've got you. And you don't have to worry. It's, it's like being a kid. You don't see the worry. I was a worrier even as a little kid, but you don't see that, right? You just see joy. You see the trust that they have in their parents. You just see that, and that's the type of, we're supposed to be that way with him. It's that rest. It's that assurance. It's that comfort. It's that knowing that we're cared for. It's knowing that we're loved, and that we, and that's what it should be. Man, enter into his rest. That's what Jesus invited us into, his rest. I love that. So we cannot harden our hearts. We have to remember we have to encourage, and that's why it's important that we gather together and so we can encourage one another to follow him. To, the Bible says to spur one another on. <laughs> Gently spur. Encourage. It should, we shouldn't be an encouragement. When we show up here, it should be an encouragement. Now, will there be hard things sometimes? Yeah, like even this morning, maybe you're watching home or even here, like, man, I feel like my heart's been kind of hard lately. Well, then God gives us the opportunity to soften our hearts. And it's just having an honest conversation. Just like the Psalms are real and honest, you have to be real and honest with your God. Because you are under his care. I love that in here. He's your God and you're his. And so to have honest, real conversations with him. So easy for us to forget. So it's important that we remember that he's faithful, that he's worthy of our praise, that he is our God and that we are his. Amen? Amen. So this morning we have a, a little bit of time, about 10 minutes or so. Um, I'm just going to pick up my guitar and um, I'm going to kind of do what I do on weekday mornings for our prayer time. And I'm just going to play a little bit and I'm going to sing a little bit. And worship. I'm going to worship a lot. I'm going to sing a little. But I'm going to worship a lot. And I invite us to come before him. I invite you to worship and bow down before him. And kneel before the Lord, your maker. For he is your God and we are the people of his pasture. The flock under his care. So if you want to sing with me, that's on you. I want us to pray together a little bit this morning. 
is as if as when I'm playing and there's some quiet spots, if you feel that the Lord is like giving you a word, and the Bible calls that prophecy, a prophetic word, and that's if you want to study a little bit of that, you see that in, in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 12 through 14. Then I encourage you, if you have a, Bible, a, a scripture like, oh man, God just put, put the scripture on my heart. And, I, and so I invite you to read it. And we're just going to have a little time where we contemplatively worship God together. God, we're thankful. God, I pray that you would just put in our hearts and remind us of your faithfulness and the things that you've done for us this week, this morning, this month, this year. God, the things that you've done in our lives, God. You give us those pictures that we would see of your, see your goodness, Jesus. Again, we would see how faithful you've been to us, God. And we set aside this time this morning, Jesus, to give you thanks. To worship you and to bow down to our mighty God who loves us and who calls us his. Yeah. 
we give thanks to you. Let's give thanks to him this morning. Can we pray? Can we give him thanks? Can we worship him?
we thank you for this morning, Lord. Thank you for reminding us that you're in control and that you have everything in your hands, God. Thank you for reminding us that you're a detailed God. Thank you for reminding us who you are today. God, thank you for reminding us who we are. The good parts about us. The fact that we're yours. But God, also thank you for reminding us about the difficult parts about us. That we are people who easily forget your goodness and your faithfulness. God, we are easily ones who will wander and go astray. We will harden our hearts because we look at everything else but you. And so, Lord, thank you that you have reminded us who you are again. I pray that, God, we would turn our eyes to you. And as we see you, as we give you thanks, as we worship and we bow down before you, God, that you would soften our hearts. God, that for those who have hurting hearts this morning, Lord, that you would bring assurance and comfort. And remind us, Lord, that you are with us no matter what happens this side of heaven, that you are with us. Remind us that, that you have overcome. God, remind us that you win. And because you win, we win. God, we want to be a thankful people. And so, Lord, I pray that, that for the next four days, five days including today God we would be thankful and Lord it wouldn't stop on Thursday after our stomachs are full but God that we would be a thankful people from here on out thank you and we give you praise for allowing us to meet God thank you that we can open our mouths and we can proclaim your goodness your faithfulness. Lord, we pray for those around us this morning. We pray for those who are at home this morning. We pray for our families today. And we're thankful. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, church, be thankful this week.